Holly G with the Golf Insiders, my special guest today. He played on the PGA Tour from 1983 to 1998, two-time tour winner and resident of Orlando. So great to have Donnie Hammond on the Golf Insiders. Thanks for joining us today. Nice to be with you, Holly. Really fun running into you a few months ago at the Villages Golf Fest, and then we got to the players and everything shut down. Uh, having been a former tour player, obviously this is unprecedented on so many levels in terms of sports world, golf world, the whole the whole globe, right? Um, the whole wide world, yeah. yeah how's what, it been for is, you? Well, it's been, you know, I, I think the first couple months, it was just it, kind of an amazement on what was happening around the world. And, you know, we were trying to be safe here in Florida, so didn't really get out too much and really, uh, you know, stayed home a lot, went for a swim now and then played a little bit of golf, but you know, I was like a lot of Americans the last month or so, I was kind of ready to get out a little bit when the restaurants opened. And so, you know, we've been getting out a little more, still swimming a lot, taking a few naps in the afternoon and still, you know, probably playing a little bit more golf now. Well, we've been fortunate, I think, and golf has gotten, um, I think a great boost PR wise because it is something that people can go out and and participate in it's considered a fairly safe outdoor sport uh, you know with all the different precautions they've put in place and I was listening to some numbers this morning on the golf channel and you know we're really seeing um, some some great participation around the country now yeah, I'm sure, especially up north where, you know, they were waiting for March or April to get here to be able to get out and play. And, of course, you know, in the northeast, they were locked down pretty heavily there for, for several months. So I'm very sure around New York and Michigan, uh, Ohio, that the, they were just, you know, dying to get out on the course on the weekends. And especially since, you know, a lot of people were able to work from home now, they were probably sneaking out on the weekdays a lot, too, to be able to play a little bit in the morning. So. Um, you, you know, golfers are going to catch up. We're going to find a way to get out on the golf course. And with the safety, you know, precautions with, that the golf courses are implementing, I think it's a good place to be out there for three or four hours and get some fresh air and get out of the house. It's uh, definitely good for the, uh, for the wives around the country that the men probably get out for four hours a day at least. Well, speaking of Ohio, we have a big tournament that's coming up here this weekend. We've had the extra bonus of seeing two tournaments at Muirfield Village known as Jack's Place, uh, you know, a, a one-off event with the Workday Charity uh, Championship that was last week. Uh, certainly is going to be a lot tougher Muirfield Village this week as they'll crank up the slope on the putting greens and grow the rough a little longer. But you said this was always one of your favorite events. Tell my listeners why. Yeah, I was lucky enough to get invited the first year on tour in 83. I had won the tour school and had started out pretty good uh, during the year there. Uh, and I got an invitation to play Mirrorfield. And when I got there, it was just a uh, fantastic practice area. You know, the range goes pretty much 360 degrees, bunch of different uh, bunkers and practice areas to chip and putt. And of course, Jack Nicholas being the host was was amazing to have him around the clubhouse mostly but just the golf course 
was one of my favorites that I'd ever played. And, you know, after playing it for two or three or four years, it really became just about my favorite stop on tour, having, you know, perfect greens, lush fairways. You take a divot and it's just a, you know, it's just a perfect divot. It comes out and the turf is, is fantastic. But there were so many great things about it. It was, you know, it felt like almost like being at the Masters for me uh, when I would get to Columbus. Well, speaking of a, a loving, loving Muirfield Village, there's a guy named Tiger Woods who's pl played it, uh, I don't know how many times, 18 possibly, and uh, has won it five times and is returning this week. Tomorrow he'll be teeing it up for the first time since uh, Riviera in February. Yeah. Yeah, he's back. I, I, you know, I've seen some swings on Twitter. They've posted some things the last couple of weeks, people talking about how good he's swinging. And I'm thinking, well, when wasn't he swinging well? But maybe there was a month or so out of his, uh, you know, the last 20 years where he wasn't swinging perfectly. But uh, I know he's got to be excited to get back to Muirfield. It has to be one of his favorite golf courses with the success he's had there. Of course, chasing Jack's record of 18 majors, uh, very close to Jack. And, you know, those, those conditions there, um, or just uh, right up Tiger's Alley with having a little bit wider fairways, uh, perfect greens, and, of course, all the success that he's had over the years there. So it should be exciting to watch. I was looking at the pairings a little bit today, and, you know, that's going to be a great group to watch there with Tiger and Brooks Kepka uh, going out, I think, tomorrow afternoon around 1. Yeah, there are some great pairings. Um I, Tiger came out on tour in, I think it was 96. He, you know, played a few events as an amateur, but you overlapped there just a few years. What was it like when you saw Tiger coming out on tour? Well, I, I can tell you, I remember the first week at Milwaukee, that morning before, I think it was maybe the Tuesday practice round, they said Tiger had signed a couple big deals with Titleist and Nike. And I didn't, I hadn't seen Tiger play a whole lot on TV. I saw a few of the U.S. amateurs where he, you know, did some amazing things. But I don't, I, I think I played six holes with him at LA Open when he was an amateur in a practice round. But um, I happened to catch him hit some balls that day before lunch. And I was watching him hit these three woods over this fence that I don't think any of the pros could even get to with their driver. And I was thinking to myself, he's gotten longer in the last couple of years when I played with him. And he came out and just, uh, you know, had a fantastic eight or eight or nine tournaments. One, two, ended up just, you know, taking the tour by storm, you know, just the first three months that he was out there. So sure it, was, it was pretty amazing. You know, he was mentioning in his press conference yesterday, somebody, one of the reporters asked him about, you know, isn't isn't it going to be strange for him to be playing without fans? And of course, you know, some of the guys now have been out there for four or five weeks adjusting to this. But for Tiger, especially a guy that we know so, you know, drew off the energy of the crowds, um, you know, I think it's going to be a little strange for him. You've seen that playing with some of the bigger players in your time. Yeah, I got to play with Tiger a couple couple times on tour at TPC, and we played at Hilton Head. But that is something that may be in a little bit of an adjustment early in the round for him. You know, he's never plays with less than 500 people teeing off, whether he tees off at 7.30 in the morning or, you know, 1.30 in the afternoon. He has people out there. Uh, but, the you know, the one benefit, I think, is, 
during the week when he wants to practice and kind of walk around the clubhouse or the putting greens or, you know, working on his game a little bit, he's not going to have 500 people, you know, wanting autographs or his attention either. So, you know, it, it may be a little bit easier during the week to, to get his work done in the practice areas, but it will be a challenge to, um, you know, to be playing the course with just the scores out there, you know, and his other playing partners. Well, I think a case in point was Sunday uh, on the final hole um, of regulation when Justin Thomas drains this 50-footer and Colin uh, turns around Malkawa and, you know, puts in a 24-footer behind him. I mean, it was just amazing. That was cr- – I watched that. That was amazing. And yet, you know, no, no clapping, no – well – Justin let out a roar that, you know, sounded like there were 100 people around the green. Uh, but it was uh, truly spectacular. And, um, you know, uh, um, he, he thought that, that JT sort of had it in the, in the bag, so to speak. Um, he had a three-up lead at, you know, going into the final three holes. And uh, Colin just hung in there and uh, beat him in uh, the playoff. Yeah, I mean, he had he had a must-make 24-footer. But luckily, Justin's won a lot of tournaments because, you know, if something happens to a pro that only wins one or two tournaments or it's a big tournament like a major where, you know, someone makes a 25-footer on you in that situation, you know, you're going to have dreams about that for many years, you know, where the putt misses every time in your dreams. It's going to miss and you're going to have won the tournament. But uh, to have it happen like that... Um, was really crazy you know he, he just had to make it and he knocked it in but you know you're sitting there waiting for a 25 footer not to go in and you're starting to think of what you're going to say you know in the interview about your win and the great putt and the everything it means to you and then that happens now you have to go extra holes so uh that was uh, quite an exchange there and and mentally right just you know in those moments uh, you know you've been there uh, just how you, you know, all those different places you go and, and then you have to reset and get, get ready. Cause it's, uh, you know, it's all square. Yeah. It's like match play. You have to be prepared for someone to make a putt. Certainly, um, Colin was not ready for Justin to make that 60 footer, but then, uh, you know, he, he figured he needed to make that putt to win anyway. He probably figured Justin would two putt. And then, you know, he still would have that putt to win. But now all of a sudden it's a putt to be able to still play a little more golf. Uh, but what a player he is, though, Colin. Just, uh, hey, he's 21. I mean, he's, he's not even been on tour a year. Had that little mishap at Colonial where he lipped out. And, uh, you know, like you said, that could give a lot of guys nightmares this early in their career. But, um, you know, as he said afterwards, it, it's all about, you know, looking at um, – what you did right, what you did wrong, and how you can play better. Pretty good attitude. Yeah, he's got he's got a great attitude. I mean, that's the future of the game right there. Colin Morikow, Victor Hovland, and, and uh, uh, another and, guy named well, DeChambeau who's coming along. Oh, yeah, Bryson. What do you, Bryson. What do you think about his uh, bashing down the fairway of late? <laughs> I think it's really entertaining. It is really entertaining to watch him swing at it. I saw the craziest swing 
when he teed off a couple weeks ago on the first hole on Sunday, he came out of the blocks and he had to be swinging. He looked like he was in a long drive competition, and that was off the first tee on Sunday. You know, you're usually you're a little stiff. You try to steer it down the, you know, down the fairway on the first hole, get it in the fairway. But he's trying to win the long drive championship. It was it was hilarious. Yeah, he's um, been averaging 323 yards, and as everybody's been talking about, he's just piping it straight down the fairway, which I think is just, you know, DJ, Rory, all these guys are, you know, their jaws are dropping watching him. I'm curious, uh, you know, there's ongoing sort of talk behind the scenes amongst the governing bodies, you know, in their dark rooms about dialing back the distance, specifically the ongoing conversation about the golf ball. What's your thought about that? You've kind of come through a time where you've seen so much of the equipment changes and uh, you know what's your overall opinion on that yeah i think the golf ball i think they it, it may be hard to dial it back five or ten percent but at least i mean if they could just stabilize it right now where it is because it's like a cat and mouse game where the manufacturers are playing against the scientists at the usga trying to figure out ways to make the cover and the core of the ball you know, a little better, a little this, you know, to keep it within the rules to be able to make the ball go further. And then you pair that with the, you know, with the titanium drivers and the, and the shaft combinations, you know, it's just a battle to try to squeeze an extra five or 10 yards out. Uh, I think it's, you know, the athlete, the golfers are getting a little stronger. They're getting longer with science, but, um, you know, it seems like it's, it doesn't need to go any further. It may be hard to dial it back a little bit, but if there was a way to, I think a lot of players would accept that to be able to play the ball being a little shorter. Well, what, you know, we mentioned that last week it was sort of um, Muirfield Village light, and this week we're going to really see the teeth of the course as the memorials, you know, it's, uh, shade away from a major in these guys' eyes, I think, in terms of its history and, you know, of course, their respect for Jack Nicklaus. Um, who do you, who do you, who are you looking at to be the horse for the course and um, the winner on Sunday? Well, I'll tell you, it's every week I feel like Dustin Johnson's going to win the tournament. Uh, I just don't Isn't see that a the course. Truth? I just don't see courses where he's not right there in the top five. Of course, you know, Rory McIlroy, the way he drives it, I'd say Rory this week. I think he's ready to win win the Muirfield tournament. Uh, Bryson is probably going to be tough again. I think he's had six or eight straight top tens, so pretty sure he'll be there. Uh, what about Tiger? I don't know. I, I think, think he Tiger... can come out of the gate after uh, five months off. He sure looks great. I, you know, saw that press conference, and if anybody probably benefited from the COVID, you know, spring yeah. break, if you will, spring summer yeah. break, I think I it think, was Tiger. I think if Tiger can get off the off the mark with you know shoot a couple under the first day, not not have a seventy three or seventy four in there one of the first two days, I think I think he could be a a menace to the rest of the field. Uh, it's just that first couple rounds, if he can get through there without having too much rust, uh, he should be fine. I mean, I mean, it'd be great to see him there, you know, on the weekend with having a chance. It would be uh, just another remarkable note to his resume if he were to break Sam Snead's record, all-time record, 
and do it uh, at Jack's place. Um, oh, yeah. It's going to be fun to watch. Donnie Hammond, a pleasure to have you on the Golf Insiders, and we look forward to talking with you again soon, my friend. Thank you so much. Let's do it again soon, Holly. Anytime. Appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.